0: Welcome back to the Christ Community Church podcast, where we are diving deeper into the message from Sunday, July 16th, which was proclaiming the gospel at all costs, which I should know because I was the one who did the message, but sometimes I forget my titles. Anyways, I'm Ryan, uh, the interim teaching pastor, and joined by Chris Johnson, our young adults pastor.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, Great message on Sunday.
0: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. It was a fun one to do. Honestly, I was pretty excited about it. My biggest concern was I had a lot to say and they don't give me three hours to do it. So well,
1: this is why we do the podcast to give you a chance to elaborate on some of those points that you made.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys listening. We've uh, missed a few weeks because yep. of vacation and holidays
1: and people were sick and you know various different reasons that that led to it. But but we're here now and we're glad that you're joining us. So yeah. let's dive into it. Uh, right. We've been going through the book of Acts. All right. We're going through a 17 week series on the book of Acts. And we've been talking about being the church. That's kind of the the theme behind this study in this series is how do we be the church in our areas of influence? So um, when you're preparing today's or yesterday's message, was there anything? How did it How did this message stir? If anything, did it stir anything up in your heart as you were preparing?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot and we'll probably get into more of it as we go on. But I think to see Stephen's willingness to pay kind of a a lot of prices that he had to pay uh, to pay the cost that he had to pay. um, Just, you know, I, I think it's a there's there's a little bit of a challenge in there of is that where my faith is at as well? Am I? that bold? Am I filled with the spirit in the same way? Um, It's the same spirit, obviously, but like, but I don't know there are times where I question, like, would I be able to do the things that he is doing to stand up and in the face of really for him, it was certain death. Like he knew this was coming. He heard the accusations and and to still boldly proclaim the gospel. I'd like to believe that I could, but I've never been in that situation. So it's like, what happens when you actually get into those moments? Um, you know, trust that the spirit would lead me and and, and protect my heart at that moment. But uh, yeah, I, I think just to see his faithfulness, it was it was a challenge and encouragement um, to see that, that here is someone who just loves God and, and is loving others and is proclaiming the gospel. And so, you know, a little frightening that this could happen, but yeah. also but I think that too is kind of encouraging as well. And knowing that like, you know, if, if things are happening, difficult circumstances are happening, it's not like God has forgotten about you. It's not that he doesn't love you. Um, it's not that you're doing something wrong. Like Stephen in this story is doing everything right. And, and we see in the final moments that like the glory of God is revealed to him. And so just to understand and, you know, read from even second Timothy three, which is just tells us that every Christian is going to be persecuted. And so it's like, well, that's kind of a bummer, but also it's a little bit encouraging to know that when we face those moments, it's not because necessarily because of something that we did some sin or some brokenness or something like that, but it's just, this is what being a follower of Christ is and and God is still present with us in those moments. And he's still going to, he can use those things for his glory too.
1: Yeah. Every Christian will be persecuted, which is, you know, it's not a comforting thing uh, to hear, which you mentioned uh, on your message yesterday. And, but yet we, we are, we are here. Your main takeaway from the message was following Jesus comes at a cost, Mm. but I like what you said. You said that the reward, for following Jesus is much greater than the cost. Yeah. Um, and, and why is it important that we count the cost?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's important to understand both those things, right? The cost and the reward. And it's easy to focus on the reward, to focus on eternity and life with Christ and the love that he has and all those kind of things. Um, but it's important to also realize that it's going to be challenging. For one, it's just a reality. And if you're not prepared, it's gonna make those times of persecution or struggles a lot more challenging. But you always, you always want to count the cost of things in life, right? If you're going to go on a vacation, you're going to figure out how much it costs. So you don't, you know, I'm not going to take my kids down to Disneyland and show up to the ticket counter and be like, Hey, I want five tickets. And they're like, here's the price. And I'm like, Oh, all right. Which one of my kids has to go wait in the car? You know, <laughs> like, like you don't want to do that. You want to be prepared and ready um, to pay what needs to be paid so that you can enjoy uh, the moments that, that, that are there. But also it's a, it's a balancing act. It's a you know, when you are doing vacation, you're 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 looking at your budget and you're saying, OK, are we willing to spend this much money on vacation, knowing that maybe there's other things that have value and worth? And so when you count the cost, it prepares you for those moments of persecution, for those moments of trial, for those moments of suffering, for those moments of pain. But also it is that you're you're, you're doing the, the comparison analysis, which is like, is there anything in the world that is worth more than than Christ? Because if so, then maybe I'll avoid the persecution. But Stephen shows us that in his mind, nothing was worth more. And, you know, the, there's a parable in that, that Jesus tells, I think it's in Matthew, um, where he talks about finding a pearl of great worth. And the man goes and sells everything to buy the field where he found the pearl, because it was worth more than everything he had. And he just needed to make sure he had that pearl. And that's what Jesus is like. He, he is the thing that is worth giving up everything for. And that's easy to talk about, hard to do, but as Christians, like we need to understand what scripture says about the reality of following Christ, how challenging it's gonna be um, so that we're prepared, but also to understand that when we look at the cost and we look at the reward of Jesus and proclaiming his gospel and being a part of what he's doing, Jesus is worth it every single time. It's not even close. Right.
1: Yeah, the, so the reward is eternity, but what is the cost? What's the cost for us when we follow Jesus? And and is it the same for, say, me and you than uh, other people? And how do we know that?
0: Yeah, I, I think at least in in some ways it's the same. Jesus tells us that we're going to, you know, we have to die to self in order to follow him. And so we are going to sacrifice our life to become this new creation. So that that is going to be, challenging for every person. And, and so in that sense, it's going to be the same for everyone. Now, not all of us will experience what Stephen did, which is giving up his physical life, yeah. right? Like some people are going to be in harder situations than others. We live in a country where praise God, like we are able to, you know, do this podcast and meet yeah. at church and like do these things without fear of people coming in, throwing us in prison, beating us, um, or, or being killed for our faith. Right? Like we, we have a lot of, of comfort where we're at. That's not true for every Christian. So some literally will give up their lives. Like many martyrs in the early church, you know, that, like that was their story, that they were willing to give up their lives. Mm. Um, but for all of us, we give up our lives at least in a figurative sense. And, and I think, you know, I kind of wrapped up the message with this idea that you see this really in Stephen's prayer near the end of the message that he prays, Lord, don't hold this against them. And when you think about that, that's like a, it's, it's a beautiful moment of Stephen's. It's a really easy thing to talk about it's a really hard thing to do. And it's following the words of Christ of love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Again, easy to like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Love your enemies, right? <laughs> but like, who who does that? Like even very few people who are followers of Christ, like are really loving their enemies and praying for their persecutors. Like right. we, we tend to be, especially in a social media culture, we tend to be a culture that seeks to bash, to harm, to criticize um, and, and really with an intent of bringing down the opposition. And Stephen's goal through this whole process as, as he's being unjustly put on trial is to, to love and to see them redeemed and restored and saved. And that's a challenging ask. And that's one thing again, like we have to submit our finances, we have to submit our relationships, we have to submit our very identity, like our emotions, um, like everything that we have has to be submitted before Christ. And, and so there's parts of our lives where that's really easy but there's parts that are really challenging. I mean, you know, th- there are moments where like, oh sure, I'm, I'm gonna submit my finances. And, and then there's moments where it's like, I would really like to just keep all my money and oh, yeah. do what I want with it and not have to worry about other people. You know, like there's times where it's like, God, I, I want to do relationships the way I want to do them. Oh, yeah. a- and, and so, you know, for all of us, there is a great cost. Like, and I think if, I think the reality is, is if it feels too easy to be a follower of Christ, we maybe need to like dive into scripture a little bit more and see what the cost really is and and understand like, no, it is, it is challenging, but again, it's, it's worth it. So we can have the right perspective, which will make it simpler, but it's going to cost a lot.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's something that you see um, in general is just, it's easier to follow, follow God when, when things are going easy, when you have an abundance of money or when things are going your way, it's easy to trust God with those things. But then it, it, it becomes a little bit more challenging when you're going through a hard time. Oh, times are tough this month. You know, I'm stretched a little thin. Do I give that tithes check? Like you're constantly tested in these things and and it's important to continue those spiritual habits.
0: Yeah, I'll share. You know, I, I've shared this before, probably from up on stage, but. Tithing for me was a struggle for many years like as my young adult life um, it was it was a struggle and, and when my wife and I got married, um, we weren't tithing regularly. Part of that was I was like I'm gonna do it in cash and I'm gonna bring it in and I just kept yeah. forgetting <laughs> stuff. Um, but also we were looking at our budget and like we were not making a lot of money. we had a lot of like student loan debt different things and and honestly you know it's one of those things where like the income to bill ratio does not work in our favor yeah. and so it was like well if I tithe, we're not gonna have enough money to pay all of our bills. Mm. So like, and we weren't living luxurious lifestyles or anything like that. Like, um, you know, we were being pretty disciplined with our money and it was like, well, what do we do? And and so it was that moment, it, that moment came where it was like, we either trust God or we don't, yeah. you know? And so we're either gonna submit to him or we're not, regardless of what happens, um, we need to submit our finances to him. Um, and, and, you know, God was faithful in the middle of that. And so I think, the, but again, you're not you're not looking for the blessing for yourself. You're just saying, God, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be faithful. And yeah. and you think about like Abraham, and and when he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, like he did it. He he went up to sacrifice Isaac, believing that that Isaac was the the promised child, that the, the line was gonna continue, yeah. that the blessing was gonna continue. And so it even says that he had faith that God could resurrect Isaac. So he went up there not thinking Isaac's gonna be gone, but he's thinking, I don't know how this is gonna work, but God's gonna restore him. And that's the kind of submission that we need is like, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. So I'm going to follow you in faithful obedience and submit all of myself. So again, it comes at a great cost. But when we actually know the full picture of the gospel, it's like, well, yeah, but there's nothing else worth it. Nothing compares.
1: Yeah, yeah we see the faithfulness in Stephen's life. We were introduced to Stephen last week uh, when we talked about how uh, there were seven appointed to handle the distribution of food. Uh, Right. And so we got introduced to Stephen and this week we dived into Stephen's story. Why is his story important?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look at the character that he's he's mentioned as right. He says he has the whole well, the the the. The men they were trying to pick were filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Those were the requirements of the deacons that they were trying to pick. So we know that Stephen fulfills that. Stephen gets special mention in those first seven verses, though, when they're actually listing out the names of all these others. Um, it, it says, now Stephen full—oh, no, sorry, that's, a, that's verse 8. Um, it told us—let's see where, if I can find this in my, in my text here. Um, they select several. Oh yeah, here we go. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So again, it's a reminder; he's got the Holy Spirit, he's full of faith. And then verse eight tells us Stephen is full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. And so you have this this image of again someone who's doing it right. And so I think it's important to see for Christians like, hey, even when you're doing it right, even when you're following God, when you're being obedient to Him. There's going to be difficult circumstances, yeah. and, and so that's a part of it. And then the price Stephen is willing to pay is like this is what it's going to cost you. Um, you know, he gave his life, he gave his his pride, his resentment, his bitterness. Again, praying for those and saying, "Hey, Lord, I'm releasing this to you. Like this is what you've told me to do, so this is what I'm going to do." Um, and, and so we see that in there as well. Um, but I think also Stephen is is an interesting reminder because he gives he gives a, a sermon in the next in chapter seven. And he's going to point back to several Old Testament figures who kind of pointed to Christ both in their life and in their actual words in different times. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. There are people who are, are Christ type of characters. Yeah. And, um, and, and Stephen is a, a post-Christ Christ type of character. Mm. And so as he's talking to all these religious leaders and he's telling them, hey, you guys missed Jesus and you should have seen it from the way that he lived. Like he's literally doing the exact same thing that Moses was doing, that Abraham was doing, that that Joseph was doing, that the prophets were doing. And he's about to face a similar response to them. And and again, a similar response to how they treated Jesus as well. And so I think Stephen's story is pointing us back to to Christ, Mm. but also then the other piece is that he is, we see that he is beginning to move in his, in his death, in this moment of persecution, he's beginning to move the gospel further to the ends of the earth as well. And so it's important because it carries the narrative on, um, and also like the connection to Saul. Saul's present at the very end. It says that that Saul was holding the coats of those who um, who who did the stoning and then chapter 8 starts off in verse 1 by saying Saul approved of the killing of Stephen so we meet Saul in this moment we see Stephen also pray for Saul Mm -hmm. so there's like there's a lot of things there's there's a narrative piece there's a pointing back to Jesus there's a reminder to us of what it's gonna take to follow Christ Um, so there's a lot of things in Stephen's life that are beneficial to us
1: right and then we see later on um, in the Bible we see Paul uh, go on to proclaim the gospel as well, getting thrown in prison, being persecuted the same way um, or even worse. And then, um, yeah, yeah which is, still- which is
0: pretty crazy because you think about he's in this moment. Like, so when he gave his life to Jesus again, he knew the cost yeah. because he had been the one who was like dishing out the the cost towards all the Christians, right? He was having them thrown in prison and killed and yeah. he's here in this moment. And so he like, he knew hey, proclaiming Jesus, this could be my end and ultimately, you know, thrown in prison multiple times and, and, and martyr for the faith as well. So it's like, we see that Stephen's witness was probably something that helped Paul count the cost before he really decided, yep, I'm all in.
1: Absolutely. So how does Stephen's story help us be the church? We're going through acts. We're talking about being the church. How does this relate?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of those reminders, you know, that, that, as Christians, we're gonna face persecution. Um, that's important to remember. Um, it's gonna help us to count the cost on our own to say, hey, being a follower of Christ. Again, I, I think right now in, in America that many of us are you know listening and, and who are here at church, we're not gonna be facing a death penalty for following Christ. But that idea of dying to self is important and we have to do a heart check. Like if we want to be the church that God wants us to be, we have to do a heart check and say, hey, am I all in, am I submitting all of myself or not? And the other piece of Stephen's story is, you know, it's mentioned like that his face was, was like an angel and really it's just demonstrating closeness to God. And so I think the other part about being the church, which is a similar theme to what we've seen throughout, is do we have habits in our life that are connecting us with Christ? Like, are we in relationship with him? Do we know him? So that mm-hmm. when there comes a challenge, it's, well, I know who my God is. I know who my Savior is. And I'm not going to back down because he is so much better um, than, than what you're offering me. Right. And, and really the consequences that I'm facing for proclaiming him don't compare to the benefits of following
1: him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so we're a few weeks into our Acts series. Uh, is there anything as you've been walking through the book of Acts, is there anything that new that's been stirring up in your heart? Anything new that you've been studying and you, you want to share or elaborate on?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think just in, in general, I think I think there's a lot of things. I, I, think, I think what we're seeing is a lot of similar patterns that as reading through the Acts and studying, it, it is kind of what I just mentioned. you know that there's, there's a lot of prayer and worship that happen before we see an act of the Spirit moving. So that relationship piece is really critical. Um, you know I would love to see our church, experiencing some of the things that the early church experienced, I would love to see myself like being able to perform signs and wonders in the way the apostles did. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we, even on Sunday, we were talking about, cause we had our prayer and praise night on Friday. And so they talked about revival and revival mm-hmm. happening in our church and and our church, leading revival for our, our state and our nation and our world, you know, and revival is going to happen if God's people, pray and worship and do these things. And it doesn't mean it's going to come easily, but it means that these are the things that have to happen in order for us to experience this revival internally and externally. And and so I think, you know, the reality is like being a follower of Christ, sometimes we overcomplicate it. Like, Oh, like, you know, we got to know all this really deep theology and all these different things. And it's like, no, I mean, Stephen, or, or uh, well, Stephen too. I mean, Stephen is a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's right. the Spirit that is leading him to grace and power and and mm-hmm. wisdom and all these things. You look at Peter and John and their story from a couple weeks ago; like they were ordinary, un, like unschooled men, like yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit because they had been with Jesus. And so it's like we just need to 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 get with Jesus, to mm-hmm. be in prayer, to be in worship, and and to pay attention to the Spirit's leading and guiding. And when we do those things. Um, like when we're just being present with Christ and, and not being about what's in it for me, but Hey, I want to grow closer to Jesus and and I want to lift him up. Like those are the moments where God does incredible things in our life and through our life and in our church and in our world. And and so again, we don't have to overcomplicate it, like get your word out and, and get to know God, like be in worship, um, like on a regular basis, like take time to just pray and pray with passion and energy and excitement and joy and, and, you know, Express everything before God, like again, individually and corporately together, like we need to do this. So being the church, it's it's about following those those simple things that you know, it's the Sunday school answers. Like we can teach our kids how to be a Christian and a lot of those things still apply to us today. Oh yeah. Pray, follow Jesus, like sing sing songs of worship, like worship in other ways, you know, like be obedient to him. These these are not they're not complicated things. But there's so many distractions and difficult circumstances that we we lose focus of that, which is really important, which is just knowing Jesus and being with him and allowing him to lead and guide us in everything we do. Um, actually, I'll share this really quickly because uh, I, I you'll appreciate this one. I was uh, I came across a clip of an interview from Kobe Bryant okay. and um, I feel like I didn't say his name properly, Kobe Bryant. Sorry, it just got stuck in my mouth. But anyways, he was talking about basketball, of course, and was talking about what like made him special. And he was just basically saying like, hey, you know, if you wanna be a great basketball player, practice two to three hours every day. And he said, most good basketball players, especially young basketball players, will practice an hour and a half, maybe two hours, like two days a week, and that's their practice time. And he said, so if I do two to three hours every day, I immediately get a, a jump. I get a boost. Um, you know, I get an advantage over everyone else. And, and really, I was listening to that and I'll probably use that sometime in a, in a sermon analogy. I wanted to use it this week, but again, I didn't have enough time, but, but here's the thing. Like when we talk about following Christ, that is significantly more important than playing basketball. Right? And so if we want to really know Jesus, it's a simple math game. Yeah. And I said this at one of the services, the answer to to like, hey, well, okay, I, I want to know Jesus, but but how much time should I should I spend in my Bible? How much time should I spend in prayer? How much time should I spend in worship? The answer is always more. more. Like it, do, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The answer is more, right? I, I mean, right. It, if you're spending three hours a day in prayer, you can still spend more time in prayer. Right. And so, you know, however much time you're spending reading and studying God's word, you can still spend more time doing that. However much time you're spending in worship, you can still spend more time doing that. Serving God, you can spend more time doing that. So um, my encouragement and my challenge for all of us, and, and this is again why I see the book of Acts, is like just be with God. Mm. Be the church. The church is the bride of Christ, you know, God is our Father, like these are relational things, like yes, he is right. Lord, He is king, but there's also that relationship piece, so be in relationship, get to know him, and
1: then do what he calls us to do yeah, one cool thing going through the book of acts that I've kind of just been wowed by is just the fact that the same spirit that we're reading about the f- same spirit that we're studying that was promised to the early church back then is the one that lives in us today and that is just something that is so fascinating to me and it's so it's just amazing and i sometimes i take that for granted you know and uh, something that i shouldn't so yeah be be in the word be stu- study be hearers of the word doers of the word and just be the church when we go out
0: yeah it's good, good. So next week uh, we are diving into Acts chapter 8 if you want to read ahead. Uh, We're moving actually to a different deacon, another one of those guys mentioned. We'll see Philip's story, but really the story is going to begin with persecution. So Saul sees what happens to Stephen, he's actually encouraged to go persecute more, and the church is going to spread out and we're going to see early again, while the church is, while the apostles have primarily been focused in Jerusalem, they actually stay in Jerusalem everyone else begins to be scattered and so God is going to use persecution and struggle to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth and he'll use another deacon another one who signed up to serve um, to do some pretty amazing things because he knows Jesus he's spending time with him and he has an opportunity to be a light and a witness that helps spread the gospel to the ends of the earth so Philip's story next week and then uh after that, then we get into Saul's conversion, Ooh. which will be fun. So we Will be fun. Excited. Uh, please join us next Sunday, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., or 10.45 a.m. 10 a.m. and 10.45 will be online. So if that's your thing, then we'll look forward to seeing you there. Or yep. you'll see us. But, but if not, <laughs> we'll see you at church. And uh, I think that's it. That's it. All right. Thanks. Bye.